Welcome to the Thursday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. And today we are in the book of Colossians. And Colossians is Paul's writer to the church in Coloss. And they are concerned, or Paul is concerned with heresies, false teachings, people twisting the truth, watering it down, and... You know, the biggest dilemma that's going on here that they're having is following ritual instead of knowing that they need to have a personal relationship with Christ. And a lot of times, even today, we can get more hung up with doing rituals and, well, it says you're supposed to do it this way or we've done it this way for years or you know, don't take out this because my grandma made that. or And we have to move along and be more concerned with the personal relationship with Christ than anything. So this, a lot of times people think was, you know, Paul's writing this from prison in Rome, and a lot of times I think Paul wrote the church in Colossus' letter, at the same time he wrote the church in Ephesus' letter. Sorry. So they're both written with much of the same content, just in different words, and you'll kind of see that if you read this because a lot of it is similar. While Ephesus seems to be focused on the church of Christ, Paul writes to the church of Colossus and focuses on Christ of the church. And so he always starts out, you know, with a greetings. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be the apostle of Christ Jesus, and who's writing with him from our brother Timothy. Timothy is his young understudy, so to speak. And then he always gives thanks for them and for what they're doing and how they're working hard to persevere. And he he gives this note, we pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. So you can see in just that scripture, there's some likeness to Ephesians, like Ephesians 3.20 pops out in that, Philippians chapter 4 comes out in that. And so there's some likeness there that he's doing. But then we get right into the Christ of the church, okay? Because then he says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. And I love this because now he's quoting a lot of what John 1.1 is about. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creations. For through him, God created everything. He made things that we can see and, he, and things we can't see. Everything was created through him and for him. 
And I, I love this because he's going right back to John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Nothing was created without him, and everything was created through him. And I, I love that because he's just going right back to it. And then he says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. The church is his body. So again, I say... This dispels any mindset we might carry for when we get church hurt that says, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. Well, we can't do that because that says we love a decapitated source. I mean, think about that. We love Jesus, but we hate the church. Well, the church is the body of Christ. And so, you know, that was me for a lot of years, and I couldn't do that. I could say I love Jesus, but I hate the church, but then I really lived a super worldly life. And Jesus said, if you love the world, you don't love me, and I, I was proof of that. And, man, my track record shows it. So somewhere I had to quit playing the victim and come to the reality that if I really love Jesus, I'm going to have to accept the church. And what Jesus said to me is, it's going to be there. The church is imperfect. What you have to do is try not to be those people. You have to try to be the one that reflects me like you know the Bible says, like the Word says, to reflect me. And so Paul will get to that in this writing. And he says, you've been reconciled to himself through the death of Christ and his physical body. As a result, he's brought you, me, Wayne, into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. So if we're brought into that and now we're the body of Christ, if we remember that, then we should live like that, right? We've died with Christ. We've been set freed. We've been resurrected into a new life. So we can't keep following the rules of the world because the way we think Oh, I love Jesus, but not the church says what the world says. Because that's divisive. And Paul, uh, Paul reminds us that Jesus prayed for unity. He wanted us to be united, unified like him and the Father were unified. United, not divided. Ooh, that's good stuff. And so he keeps going. And he says, so since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. So I had to go through a lot of that yesterday. You know, 
my day was filled with a lot of stuff. And, you know, I, I loved the fact that we were in Philippians in the joy chapter. Think about things that are good and pleasing and worthy of praise. So I just, you know, I listened to worship music. I prayed all day. And, you know, and it said to be in constant prayer yesterday. And so you have you you know you have to get your mindset not of the things of the world because you know i had this post on instagram the other day that if we let satan fill our minds with anxiety and other stuff then that leaves no room for god so if we put god in our mindset first and think of all the wonderful things he does which is what philippians was talking about then there's no room for Satan to have any mind control over us, right? We put on the full armor and we put from Ephesians, remember, put the helmet of salvation on, then he can't attack our mind, right? So here he is again in Colossians 3 telling us, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Because in heaven we won't have any of this. In heaven, we will be worshiping, we will be praising, we will be walking streets of gold. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within us. The temptations, the things that want to drive us crazy, the things that want to make us have bad days. That's of Satan. He wants us to get discouraged. He wants us to have depression. He wants us to be anxious. He wants us to think things that aren't worthy of praise. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Worshiping the things of this world. Because of these things, these sins, the anger of God is coming. We used to do these things when our life was still part of the world, but now it's time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. This is all in Colossians 3, verses 5 through 10 is what I just read. As you learn to know your creator, to know your creator, the C is capitalized. That's to know your God. I think we can go a lifetime learning to know because every time we get closer to God, I think there's more we're going to know, we're going to need to know. I think we got to, we got to, Seek first his presence, his kingdom. I think when we do that, see, you know, I'm going to talk about rest Sunday because I think when we do that, it puts us, it takes us out of all this other stuff that he's writing about and it puts us in a presence that helps us escape that stuff Satan's trying to do to us, right? And if we're in the body, that's when those antibodies get to do their work, those things that repel Satan. You know, I can't tell you how many times I rebuked Satan yesterday because I'm not letting him control anything in me because I know the Holy Spirit is in me. And we're going to get to that scripture later in December that says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's greater than 
is he, the Holy Spirit that's in you, than he that is in the world, Satan. Holy Spirit is bigger, and he has more for you. So we have to just focus on him, and, and Paul is writing about that. The Christ that's in the church, you're the church, is greater than anything out there. So he's telling us, don't get caught up in that stuff. And, you know, we talk about dirty language, man. That's innuendos. It doesn't have to mean cuss words. That's innuendos. That's that's things that are leading in conversation that can take people down a path. And we have to be real careful with that because, you know, when we're in mixed company of people of the world and we're there, we have to really think about how we speak, you know. Uh, I was in a conversation yesterday, and and just out of the blue, I said what was coming to mind, but because I was in mixed company, what came to mind was taken in their mind, which was way out of context, so I real quick had to change it. But it was too late, and they were already giggling about the way they took it, and I said, that's not what I meant. I've already changed it, but that's on me. I know I should have rephrased that, so I'm sorry. And it's like we really have to watch how we do it, especially if we're believers and we're in Christ, and that's where the Holy Spirit will help us, okay? That's why we got to keep our, fix our minds, on heavenly things at all times because the enemy's going to use everything he can. Since God chose us to be holy people, he loves us and clothes us with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Isn't that, doesn't that sound like Galatians? Remember Galatians 5, starting verse 19? If sinful desires come in, that's what this Colossians 3 is. And then, you know, verses 20, 21, and 22, if, or 20, I think it's 21 and 22, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, kindness, patience, tenderness, that's all here too. He's repeating this because when Christ of the church is in us, the Holy Spirit, we're clothed in that. And we can be tenderhearted with mercy, kindness, humility, and it's tenderhearted mercy. That's a hyphenated word, basically. This is so good, and he's just trying to encourage our brothers and sisters that, hey, you got the power. So today on this Thursday, remember, you've got the power. And above all, here's the big one. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. There we are. What did Jesus pray? Let them be united as you and I are united. He prayed that to the Father. How does that be? Because there's perfect love. What's perfect love? Love like Jesus said. I give you John 13, 34, I give you this new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Why is that a new commandment? Because it's unconditional love. We look p 
past each other's faults. We don't hold it against them. We don't get easily angered. We don't rejoice when somebody gets something due to them that they because they made a mistake. We are forgiving. We're patient. We're kind. Just like it says right up here, we show tenderhearted mercy. When we show humility and we're gentle and patient, ooh, that's good stuff. Because we bind ourselves together in harmony with perfect love. And then the peace that comes from Christ rules in our hearts. Wow. So if we have perfect love, then we'll know peace that comes from Christ. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. And then as a body, we as members, as one body, if we live by that, if we live by clothing ourselves with the love that comes from Christ, which will give us perfect harmony in Christ, then as a body of Christ, we will live in peace. There won't be squabbling. There won't be dissension. There won't be division. That's how we do it. But we got to live out that rule, that commandment, that new commandment that he gave us. And you're like, it's not a new commandment, right? It's not a new commandment, but he calls it a new commandment because he knew it'd be something new to us because so many of us have a hard time living out unconditional love. I just, I love this part. Colossians 3. And it's, uh, if you got your Bible, it's, I mean, I bookmarked this. It's verses 1 through 17. And then Paul talks about family life, and I highlighted, fathers, don't aggravate your children or they'll become discouraged because we so many times nitpick our kids, and then when they get old enough to flee, they flee. And I've seen that more than once. And as a youth worker, man, we have got to to let our kids know we love them more than just by being iron-fisted with them. we got to let them be people too. And then Colossians 3.23, you know, we had this verse too back in uh, Ephesians, I think it was. It might have been Galatians. But work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And I was telling myself that yesterday too because, you know, sometimes work gets tough, right? So we got to just remind ourselves this is God-appointed. The jobs we have are God-appointed. God made them happen for us. God's providing for us. God's put us there for a reason, so we got to look for the reason that God has put us there. What's our reason? So that you can be the light to somebody where you're at. And you're the light by the way you act, by your actions, reactions, and the way you interact with people. And if you're not coming in with the mind of Christ and being the light to people, 
then perhaps we need to repent and say, Lord, help me be the light because I know I'm there for a reason and you want me to be the light. So he warns us that if what we're doing is wrong, we get paid back for the wrong we've done for God has no favorites. So make sure we represent and be the light. Devote ourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity and let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Make sure, like I said, your words come out right so you're not having to backpedal like I did yesterday and basically repent for not being wise amongst the non-believers. Make every opportunity to let your conversations be gracious and attractive. It wasn't unattractive, but it wasn't gracious. If I had to to rate it. So remember, we are there for a reason in our workplaces. Remember, God is in you and you have the chance to be the light where, right where you're at in your interactions, your actions, and your reactions. So think about the wonderful things God has done and for heavenly things because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I'm getting ahead, but that's a great verse to keep in us. So Paul closes out about how much he loves them and about those that are with him. And one, one thing I highlighted in this was how Luke, remember Luke who wrote The Good Doctor, who wrote Luke and Acts? Luke is with him. And I just thought that was interesting how Luke happens to be around him there in Rome. So, have a great Thursday. Be the light to someone. Know that you are there for a purpose. And you make a difference. Because God loves you. Be the body and be united, not divided. Have a great day. Word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my